Make it your 2021 New Year's resolution to learn more about cyber and protect yourself. Because if you can protect yourself and protect your staff and your department, then you're one step ahead of the adversary and they are there and they are a threat and they are relentless. So what do government communicators need to know about cybersecurity? Technology, particularly during COVID-19, has changed the way that we work and certainly increased our reliance on increasingly complex digital systems and networks. At a global level, countries are increasingly using cyber warfare alongside conventional warfare in their defence capability. With the frequency and severity of cybersecurity attacks growing, it's vital that government communicators understand cybersecurity and how to communicate it to their people now and into the future. Welcome to the GovComs podcast, bringing you the latest insights and innovations from experts and thought leaders around the globe in government communication. Now, here is your host, David Pembroke. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to GovComs, a podcast about the practice of content communication in government and the public sector. My name's David Pembroke. Thanks for joining me. Today, I'm joined by Shay Diamond. Shay is the Marketing and Communications Manager at Pen10, an Australian cyber technology company based here in Canberra, Australia. Shay has worked in lots of different places over the years, but certainly a lot in communications in and around government. In the past, she's worked for the head of Australian Defence in Washington, DC, as well as being the marketing and communication manager at BMT. And as I say, plenty of other roles there in her background. She is also an advocate for women in security. And in 2020, she was nominated as best champion of Women in Security. She joins me in the studio. Shay Diamond, welcome to GovComs. Thanks, David. It's a pleasure to be here. Cybersecurity is everywhere. It's enormous. What is the story of cybersecurity at the moment that government communicators particularly really need to understand so they can add value to their organisations? Cybersecurity is everywhere, like you said, and the threat is everywhere. It's something that we come across more and more often as technology and things like artificial intelligence develop, but it's something that government communicators really need to be aware of. So last year in August, the Australian government put out their cybersecurity strategy for 2020. And in that strategy, they really highlighted that government is targeted more than anyone else in cyber attacks in any other sector. So it's really important for government communications professionals to understand that they are under attack and their staff are under attack and they need to know what they can do to protect their department. And so where should they then go looking for that information about what's happening in terms of the attacks? Obviously, the ICT department would seem a good place to start. Yes, definitely. But even further than that, a great place to look would be the ACSC. So that's the Australian Cyber Security Centre's website. If you go to that website, they've got a whole lot of guidelines and really informative information about how you can protect yourself, your staff, your family and your business from cyber attacks. So what is best practice in the way that we should manage our systems and our information that we give ourselves the best chance of not being attacked? Sure. There are so many things that we can do. And I think one of the ways we can think about it is just think before you click. 
That's a very simple way of looking at it. So we're going to receive spam. We're going to receive emails, phishing emails. It happens daily and it happens to everyone. And sometimes you'll click and sometimes you won't. But if you can try to be in a situation where you know not to click or you're aware of it, then that puts you in a better place. Also, something that's really important for government um, comms professionals is to remind their staff that if they do make a mistake, and it's bound to happen, we're all humans and we do make mistakes, they need to know what they need to do and the best thing that they should do is tell someone immediately. Mm. So those sort of best practice protocols, how often do we need to be uh, educating staff and informing staff about those protocols to remind them of, of what best practice actually is? I think it's at least a quarterly thing. So I think we should be having webinars, maybe lunch and learns, put it in your newsletter, whatever it is, you need to be informing staff at least on a quarterly basis of the types of threats that are coming in, the types of threats that have come into the company and what you can do about it and what you can do to avoid it. How do you keep it interesting though? How do you keep it fresh when people don't just think, oh, okay, here's more information about cyber security, you know, grown, this is just another thing that I have to do? I think keeping it fresh and exciting is just using the basic comms principles that we all know. One of those principles is tell a story. So let's look at there is bound to be something that's happened within your company or the organisation or another company or an organisation around the world that you can use as an example. Tell that story and make it a case study. Talk to your staff about what happened, what could have what could have been done to avoid it, what they could have done better and how they could have communicated it better. Hmm. So you work with a company called Pen10, uh, based here in Canberra, very fast-growing, uh, innovative, young uh, company. What sort of work are you doing in, in the support of government clients at the moment? What sorts of things are you doing to sort of help them deal with the challenge? So Pen10's technology is really based around making sure that defence and government clients can communicate securely but also flexibly. So an example of one of those products would be the AutoCrypt phone. So one of Pen10's products, it provides applications on a phone. So these are just basic messaging and video and voice chat, but it's secure and it's rated to a government standard and it's owned sovereign in Australia. Okay. And so that's just like a, a piece of technology, is it? Like, like any other normal app, but certainly with a higher degree of security based around it. That's exactly what it is. Okay. And it means that that's really changing the way that government workers are working because typically if you're working on sensitive information, you need to be sitting at your desk attached to a whole bunch of cables and this means that now they have the flexibility that they can move around, work from home, do what they need to do but still be accessing that really important information that they need to. So you talk about that working from home. That's obviously a, been a huge challenge as part of the, the COVID response. What have you seen? Well, what have you observed in, in the cybersecurity realm um, as a result of this working from home? What are some of the challenges that there have been for people to, to, to manage their cybersecurity appropriately? Especially for government and defence, as I said, working in the office is something that's traditionally been the way that they work, especially working on sensitive information. So COVID-19 meant that they had to look for other ways to be able to access that information that's not necessarily in the office. So we noticed that, for example, when we launched the AltaCrypt phone, our sales went up by 25% in 2020 because government users really needed to use that technology to be able to continue to, the, to do their work and to keep Australia safe. Yeah. And is it only just the high-end, um, you know, super secure areas um, that need this technology or is, is it more broader than that? 
It, it is broader than that. It's basically, it's something that everyone can use to be secure that's working in that space. So it is at the high end, but it is also for those everyday conversations as well, just to keep people safe. Mm. In an earlier answer, you, you mentioned artificial intelligence. And I think everybody uh, in communications often looks at that, thinks about that, thinks about big data, thinks about the, the impacts on them. What, what does it mean in terms of cybersecurity, artificial intelligence? What, how is it changing the landscape for, uh, for security? Artificial intelligence is definitely one of those big emerging threats in Australia in cybersecurity, but it's also something that we can use to counter those threats. So, for example, at Pen10, artificial intelligence is a really large part of our business. And what that means in that sense is that our team in an artificial intelligence team is working on creating fake things. So they make fake documents, fake networks, fake signals, and those fake things are used to really deceive the cyber adversary. So if you think that it usually takes around 200 days for someone to detect a breach, you can imagine just how much data is stolen from your department or your company during that time, but also the financial and the reputational damage that's caused to your company. So say if you have a fake document, sitting on your network and only your IT security knows it's there. If someone tampers with that, that's an immediate alert that you've had a cyber breach. And if we can stop, if we can find out that we have that breach immediately, we can stop the adversary and we can stop all that data being stolen in its tracks. Okay. So in terms of then, how does the artificial intelligence then relate to the creation of that particular document or the distribution of that document? How are they linked? Yeah, so... What it will do is we use artificial intelligence to look at the networks and say we're talking about documents here. Look at the documents on your system and the, the computer itself or the artificial intelligence will machine learn the types of things that you put in those documents and it will create the documents for you. And it sounds like and looks like something that a person has created. So the, the advantage of that is that artificial intelligence can do that really, really quickly. Yeah. Whereas a human, it may take a really long time to look at all the documents and see what you have there and what you should write out artificial intelligence can do it immediately and it can do it at really large scale. Hmm. But then how does it make it, uh, is it good enough that it can make documents that look like documents that have been created by people? Is it, is it that advanced? That is definitely something that we are working on. Yeah. And so especially in Pen10, we're working with other organisations such as CSIRO's Data61 and the Cybersecurity Research Centre to be able to really make those documents look exp exactly like a human would create them. Yeah. And so from a, from a comms, again, from a comms perspective on, on this and understanding what that security sort of element looks like, should it, should it be... Uh, someone's job, perhaps, for in internal communications, that they're on top of cybersecurity. Is that the? Would that be the best practice that there be someone who is known as the person who is going to be telling that particular story inside the organisation? I think it's really the IT security professional's per, uh, job to be on top of all of that kind of thing. But the comms person should work closely with them so they have an, a continuing dialogue so that they know exactly what they need to be communicating to staff, but also be prepared for a crisis as well and have a comms plan ready just in case something happens, like a breach happens. You need to communicate really quickly. And if you have a plan in place, then you can better effectively communicate that. So we've seen some very high-profile breaches um, recently, um, but also in the latter parts of uh, last year, you know, major universities, 
and there's probably a lot that happens that we that we actually don't know about. Is, is, would that be fair to surmise that there is a, a lot of security breaches that take place that people never get to hear about? Oh, definitely. Um, there are so many breaches that happen and also a whole lot of scams that happen. I was reading a report that said that um, in 2020, $176 million was stolen from Australians in scams in, 20, in, in that year. And that's up 23% on 2019. So it's something that happens and it happens all the time. Mm. So Pen10, tell us that story. Like where, where are you heading with that in terms of the the growth of, of the company and, and, and its aspiration as an, as an Australian company. So Pen10 is actually a relatively new company. We're only around six years old and in that time grown rapidly and successfully from a startup to a small to medium business to now technically a large company. So Pen10's technology is really world leading. I know that sounds like something a PR person would say. <laughs> but the founders had this vision and the vision was to really solve those cyber problems in the world for defence and government that no one else can solve. Okay. So they really set about achieving that. And so, so that was to go after the gnarliest, knottiest, most difficult problems. Exactly. And start there. Exactly. Okay. So some of those problems have taken a few months to solve. Some of them have taken years. But now we're really starting to see Penten's technology in the hands of users in Australia and overseas at a really large scale. And that is only going to continue to grow as Pen10 grows. Okay. And is it hard to use the, the technology or is it quite in, intuitive? Some of the Because it sounded like some of those applications you were talking about before sound quite, you know, as easy to use as, you know, Zoom or, or other um, technologies that we're now very familiar with. Exactly. And Penten's whole premise as well is to create technology that is really easy and familiar for people to use. So if we think about the next generation coming through that are going to be our next heads of departments in government and in defence, they are used to using a phone. They're used to using a technology in a certain specific way. And we wanted to be able to create technology that's familiar to them, that's easy for them to use, so that they do want to take those jobs up in government and defence instead of going into the private sector where that's just a normal everyday case for business. Yeah. So in terms of then the communications role that you have, what's the what's the job that you have to do in terms of... Um, telling the story of, of Pen10 to, to different audiences in government and in, in defence. What does that look like? So when I started at Pen10, I was actually surprised if people had heard of the company. And now, almost two years later, whenever I mention Pen10, especially in cyber and defence circles, people say, Pen10, I've heard of that place. You know, they do amazing things or it's a great place to work. And so it was really setting up those communication strategies in the beginning when I started working there that are really starting to pay off now. And so it's our target market of defence and government that really know who we are and are using our products. But it's also that they have a really positive connotation with Pen10. And that's just a really important part of my role. And as a communicator, what's what's worked for you? You know, what's been successful in terms of explaining that story? I, I really enjoy writing about technical engineering and turning it into something that the general public can understand. And that's kind of the role that I've been in for the for the majority of my career. And so that the stories that I've used have really been successful about just explaining how easy Penten's products are to use, the technology, and talking about it in ways that people understand. It's like telling a story, using concise language, and remembering that not everyone has the same level of understanding as cyber technology that we do, and our audience has a different level. And where are you getting the best um, 
return in terms of channels? Which What works best for you? We've had a real focus on um, promoting our products and our technology to defence. And so we've had a really great take up in the defence media of being really interested in and proactive and understanding the types of things that they can do to develop a more sovereign Australian defence capability. Right. But in terms then of is that through magazine articles, is it through websites, is it social media content, is it uh, events, although clearly um, you know, through COVID that would have been a little more challenging, but what, what are the chan- channels that have really worked for you? A whole lot of different channels. So um, that's with online publications, social media, events, conferences, when we did have conferences. Um, the biggest conference for us is MILSIS, which is the Military Comms Communications, the Military Communications Conference. Yep. Um, we get a lot of traction through that. But I find that the cyber interest industry is so interesting and exciting that we find that people want to talk about it. They want to ask us questions about it and they want to learn about it. And that's really beneficial for us. And especially me as the comms professional there. Yeah. That there's an appetite, that there's an interest in what you're talking about, as opposed to trying to push stories to people that they've really got very little interest in. Exactly. So what happens this year? What's what's next for, for you in terms of the the communication challenge for uh, for Pen 10, but also more broadly, perhaps your observations around cyber and, and again, what government communication uh, professionals should be thinking about as they head into 2021. Sure. So what's next for me and for Pen 10 is, is more growth. And that means growth, not only in Australia, but growth overseas. So geograph- geographic growth, And also staff growth. We need to be able to grow our company, not just in Canberra, but we'll need to be able to grow that company in other cities in Australia and overseas as well. So we need to have a really cohesive internal comms strategy to be able to keep all those diversified people together and understanding and on the same path. But also we need to be able to communicate to those international markets. And that will be a different way of communicating. The same way we communicate in Australia is not going to work in the UK or the US or Japan, for example. How hard is it going to be? do you think, to to attract more people um, to work for Pen10, given cyber is such a big issue um, for many, many companies? So everyone's looking for people with the sorts of skills I imagine that you're looking for. The cyber sector is growing at such an exponential rate. So it's expected that there will be another 33,500 people in the cyber industry in the next four years. So that's a huge amount of people. So yes, there are a lot of people, a lot of companies looking for the same sorts of skills. So what we do is we try and do things that are a little bit different. And one of those things is by having a really great culture. So we treat people with a level of respect that seems obvious that you should give people in the workplace, but we have some really great initiatives like making sure that we have unlimited sick leave, carer's leave, six months parental leave. We have multicultural leave. And if that means that Star Wars is your culture and you need May the 4th off, then that is completely fine. (laughs) And uh, some final advice then to, to government communicators at this time of such great change you know, what's the best advice that they, they need to take away from today in order to be more valuable to their organisations? I think make it your 2021 New Year's resolution to learn more about cyber and protect yourself. Because if you can protect yourself and protect your staff and your department, then you're one step ahead of the adversary and they are there and they are a threat and they are relentless. So just go to the ACSC website and try and learn what you can, look at the guidelines and just implement some of those things this year. Make it something that you definitely do. 
Shay Diamond, thank you very much. Thank you very much for uh, coming along and, and sharing your experience of cyber. It sounds hectic. It sounds like 2021 for you is going to be extremely busy, but I think that's just wonderful advice really too the communications professionals out there is that ultimately they're going to be the ones who are going to have to communicate the breach. Uh, but again, getting in, getting ahead of that, making sure that they are telling interesting stories consistently into their organisation such that cyber doesn't become a drag, but it becomes something a little bit more interesting, particularly as you say, that, and it's a bit scary, isn't it? That thought of, you know, the adversary is ever present and relentless and resilient and, you know, they're not going to stop. So we really do need to take it seriously in order to protect um, the organisations that we work for. So thanks so much for coming in today. And to you, the audience, thank you for coming back once again. Um, I'll be back at the same time in two weeks with another episode of the GovComs podcast. But for the moment, it's bye for now. You've been listening to the GovComs podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate and subscribe to stay up to date with our latest episodes.